Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Matter of the Heart, where we bring you heartfelt, educational, and positive stories, all to elevate your spirit. I am your host, Carol Olivia, and always thank you so much for taking your time out to listen to the Matter of the Heart. The topic of, of today's show is spiritual ramifications of the coronavirus, and the guest is Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony is called a psychic lawyer. He is the fourth generation psychic medium who communicates with spirits. He is also an Oxford educated trial attorney and studied mediumship at the prestigious, and some of you might have heard of the Arthur Finley College for the advancement of psychic science. He's also um, called a psychic explorer with his background in quantum physics, uh, survival of consciousness, near-death experiences, theology, and many, many more topics. And he's also, so also the book of Never Letting Go, An Evidence of Eternity. Thank you for being on the show, Mark Anthony. Uh, thank you, Carol. It's really nice being here, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. When you say spiritual ramifications, uh, if you can give us some insight on how you're looking at that, uh, Mark Anthony. Well, there, there's a lot going on here, as we all know. And mm -hmm. if you'll if you'll indulge me for just a moment, um, I'm also a near death experience um, expert. If you use the the word, uh, having had a near death experience, and also I research and study near death experiences. Mm -hmm. And every one of your listeners, I know, whether or not they've seen the movies, they've all heard of Star Wars. I mean, mm -hmm. who hasn't? And I think everybody's heard of George Lucas, who's the mm -hmm. creator of Star Wars. Well, George Lucas, when he was 16 years old, had a near-death experience. He was in a terrible accident, and essentially he died. I mean, not essentially, he mm -hmm. flatlined. And the thing is, Carol, he, he was pronounced dead on arrival when the ambulance mm -hmm. brought him to the hospital. And mm -hmm. then 20 minutes later... He miraculously comes back to life, and he starts talking about this amazing world <clears throat> that he encountered. Now, one of the uh, side effects or one of the um, factors of near-death experiences, and which is universal throughout the world, mm -hmm. is returning from it with this immense sense of interconnectedness, that everyone and everything is energetically interconnected. Mm -hmm. And George Lucas has spoken openly of this. In fact, when he was interviewed by Oprah Winfrey, he talked about his near-death experience. The reason I bring this up is within about four, four to five years of his NDE, he had his first draft of Star Wars. And we've all heard the expression, may the force be with you. Mm -hmm. A few days ago, it was May 4th, which is Star Wars Day. May the fourth be with you. So mm -hmm. it's kind of funny. But um, in Star Wars, the force is the energy that connects everyone and everything in existence. Mm -hmm. now, we, now we know this is quantum physics because on a subatomic level, everything at its most basic unit it, and component is made of electromagnetic energy known as quanta. Mm -hmm. And everybody, including myself, who've had a near-death experience, talk about how we know that everything, whether it's a plant, a rock, the sky, the air we're breathing, you and me, are all 
connected energetically. So in the first Star Wars movie, there's this scene where the evil guys, because, you know, the energy, the force has the light side, the positive and the negative. They destroy an entire planet. And one of the heroes, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the wise Jedi Knight, he gets this shuddering sensation going through him. And he says, there's been a great disruption in the force. Millions of minds crying out as one. Now, there's a reason why I brought all this up is that what I've been feeling, and not just me, Carol, Mm -hmm. but all of my colleagues, uh, the reputable mediums, uh, credible mediums that I know who are my friends and colleagues, and we've all been talking, we're all feeling that on a planetary basis, there's a shockwave going through our world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, clearly the coronavirus is affecting everyone and everything. But what's going on here is much bigger than this. Yes, there's thousands of people dying every day. It's an absolute catastrophe. Um, As as of today, the recording of of this uh, podcast, um, the United States alone has had over 80,000 people die. And sadly, that number is going to continue to climb. And but what what are we seeing on the positive side? Mm -hmm. Well, on April 22nd of 2020, it was Earth Day. That, and it was the cleanest Earth Day wow. environmentally ever recorded. Mm-hmm. In the 50 years of Earth Days, for the first time in, in decades, the people of Mumbai, India, could see the mountain range mm-hmm. from the city instead of just a smog and fog. For the first time in almost 500 years, Dolphins were in the canals of Venice, Mm -hmm. which have been notoriously polluted. There's fish, there's dolphins swimming through Venice. This is unheard of. Uh, People in Los Angeles have been telling me, my God, the sky's actually blue because L.A. is known for its smog. Mm -hmm. Carbon emissions are down uh, in in national parks, not only in the United States, but throughout the world. Animals that people never see are now appearing in areas that... that, uh, were always frequented by people. The air is cleaner. The water's cleaner. What we're seeing is that... And the birds are happier. The birds are happier. Um, fish, it's like nature is making mm-hmm. a comeback. We're being given a message that we can actually do something about the woes and the ills of this planet. But it goes even further than that, Carol. Mm-hmm. For the first time in human history, all of our scientists... Our biology experts, our doctors, medical Mm -hmm. researchers are all united in working toward a common goal to find a cure, to find treatments for the COVID-19 coronavirus. Mm -hmm. This has never happened before. Mm -hmm. Throughout history, our scientists have been trying to figure out ways that we can blow each other up, destroy each other, improve uh, our military technology. But that goes contrary to scientists. I know a lot of scientists. They don't like doing things like that. They like to share their ideas. They like to learn from each other. They like to collaborate. And mm-hmm. for the first time in history, humanity is being given a choice mm-hmm. because not only if we put our planetary brain trust working together, we can solve this disease, but other diseases, we can solve cancer. And then if we put our technical and environmental experts mm. working together. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can find a clean way to do mm-hmm. fossil fuels or the alternative 
uh, sources of energy. Get off fossil fuels entirely. Stop polluting our air. Stop polluting our water. We mm. can work on food production in safer, more efficient and economical ways. Also, we can work on, main, you know, a population control. And I don't mean, you know, aborting people. I mean, um, education, responsibility, um, and, you know, let's produce healthier babies. Mm -hmm. In other words, we are being shown by a power greater than ourselves mm -hmm. that the gift God, the divine power, uh, the source, whatever you want to call this, the gift that we've been given is the gray matter between our two ears. And if we put the brain trust of planet Earth working together, we can solve this planet's problems. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean we're all going to join hands and sing Kumbaya and fling granola around. Now, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about <laughs> for the first time, we can actually put our brain trust working together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, so, so that is, is a huge lesson. That is a huge opportunity which is being transmitted to us. Mm. And That's very, very, very interesting, Mark. Um, because as you were saying, it's creating a new universal framework. You know, other countries are bonding together maybe that they never did before. And maybe that'll be another stepping stone for something else, I hope. Well, we're already seeing this, and maybe this is a, a baby step, but all journeys, and the longest journey begins with the first step. Could COVID-19 lead to peace? Mm -hmm. What we're seeing in the Middle East is the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and a third country, which uh, trying to maintain its anonymity in this, but uh, the experts are saying Kuwait. Mm -hmm. They've actually been working with Israel for help mm -hmm. in battling the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. In fact, those three mm -hmm. countries have been in touch for months with Ramat Gan's Sheba Hospital, and they've actually erected telemedicine facilities. Mm -hmm. Now, now, Carol, let me ask you, when have you ever heard Muslim Arab countries reaching out to Israel for help and mm -hmm. Israel responding? Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Well, it's bypassing the, um, the smaller things, if you know what I mean, and going to a larger topic, larger concept. Humanity, it, it, humanity. It absolutely has. And, you know, if you can see, and, and granted, the UAE and Bahrain and Kuwait, they're not the agitators, mm -hmm. like, you know, let's destroy Israel. But it has to start somewhere, mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and, uh, and so what it is, humanity is violent. Mm -hmm. I mean, our history, if you look at our history, it's one military conflict after another. It's one series of empires after another, countries swallowing up other countries, people being subjected to genocide, mm -hmm. slavery, torture. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, look at women. Uh, women make up half the population of the planet, yet they give birth to all of it. And for the most part, women have been relegated to second class status and sub uh, subjugated throughout mm -hmm. human history. Mm -hmm. and, and perhaps the only way humanity can bond together is not through, oh, let's join hands and sing Kumbaya and, and mm -hmm. you know, but to have a common enemy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the enemy, unlike human beings, mm -hmm. doesn't discriminate. It's not a bigot. It kills young, old, people of all races, creeds, colors. It mm -hmm. will strike down anyone and everyone. Mm -hmm. And this is another lesson that we're learning is that we are 
all interconnected, just right. like we know from from mm -hmm. near-death experiences, just like, you know, the force which interconnects everyone and everything. We are one big human family, and right now we all have the same Achilles heel, and it is a, a extremely lethal and highly contagious virus to which we have no defense. Mm-hmm. So if you were to talk to this virus, uh, spiritually speaking, you know, uh, what would you say, Ma? Please mutate into something that doesn't kill us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no more strands. <laughs> yeah, mutate into something that makes people non-aggressive. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's a, you know, of... of um, that's, That's interesting. a fascinating question. Right, yeah. Right. How about a disease that makes people not want to kill each other? Right. Yeah, that's interesting. A disease wouldn't that, that, wouldn't that be amazing? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what do you think it's doing to the individual? Because I know when you talk about the collective energy, to the individual, their heart. In other words, do you think that uh, people are, are feeling more for other people in a compassionate way or are still in that little bit of a box? Um, you know, it, it depends on the situation, but from what I have seen, mm -hmm. um, you know, I live in East Coast Central Florida. I live on the Barrier Island. Uh, granted, it's a smaller community, but it's several small towns linked to each other mm -hmm. and I'm fortunate because I'm able to walk every day and I like to walk and I'll walk on the beach and I'll walk in the community um, and of course people are social distancing at least mm -hmm. where I live mm -hmm. and what I'm seeing is parents spending time with their children mm -hmm. I'm seeing families interacting I'm seeing mm -hmm. couples holding hands mm -hmm. I'm seeing people uh, and myself included fixing things around the house building things, doing things. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing individuals finding the time to do the things that they always felt they, mm -hmm. they never had the time. Mm -hmm. and, and the most precious thing is parents spending time with their children. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, studies say what? Parents talk to their children less than five minutes a day, and it's usually over um, a meal and the TV is on and they're not really paying attention. But to have a real conversation with your child also, uh, the individual using our miraculous technology, just like we're doing now. You're interviewing me. We're not even in the same state. And then this is going to be broadcast over a series of satellites to people all over the world. Mm -hmm. But using that technology to be together separately. Um, and, you know, we have a good old-fashioned form of technology called the telephone. Mm -hmm. And I'm encouraging people to pick up that phone mm -hmm. and call mm -hmm. an elderly friend or relative, someone who may be facing this crisis alone. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not going to hurt you to spend 15 or 20 minutes on the phone with somebody mm -hmm. uh, that, that uh, the only thing he or she gets in the mail are bills. Uh, sit down and, and write a good old fashioned, hey, I'm thinking about you note and mail mm -hmm. it to somebody. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I, uh, I'm seeing this, Carol, it's almost like there's a reset. Along with this planetary collective consciousness change, we're finding people are spending more time with what's important. Right. And that's each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, their values. 
I mean, the values are always there, but maybe more priority of val- values. I, I think so. Now, on the flip side of the coin, mm-hmm. we see people protesting, um, and there's conspiracy theories. And if you'd mm-hmm. like, I could uh, touch on on those. I mean, they're they're interesting, if not downright amusing. Mm-hmm. But I do I do feel for, and I do understand people that want to go back to work. We're mm-hmm. all suffering financially from this. Everybody mm-hmm. is. Everybody's mm-hmm. taking a big hit. And um, it is difficult. And people are desperate. So that's why all these conspiracy theories that, you know, they're being suppressed. There's a new world order and, mm-hmm. and all this. And, and I don't see any merit to, to that argument. Look, I, and I'm not speaking ill of him one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But Donald Trump would not run the economy of the United States into the ground because it would make him look bad. Right. And that's one thing he'll never allow mm-hmm. <laughs> is himself mm-hmm. looking bad, uh, or at least from his perception. And why would the Chinese run the economy into the ground? All right. First off, you know, why would they do it to themselves? And then they make more money off us than any other country. Why would the Europeans run the economy into the ground? Oh, it's Russia. Russia's behind it. But then I understand now it's hitting them like a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. So, so those arguments really fall by the wayside. And the thing is, is Carol, mm-hmm. throughout history, there have been pandemics. We know this. It's on mm-hmm. record. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people have heard of the, the Black Death, the bubonic plague in the medieval era. And of course, the conspiracy theory then was it was demons and devils and evil spirits and God mm-hmm. was punishing people. Well, now we know it's bacteria that was carried in the fleas that uh, that were on rats. Mm-hmm. And back then, everybody had rats. Rich, mm-hmm. poor, you know, everybody had rats. Then there was the um, sweating sickness. Mm-hmm. Now, the sweating sickness is really fascinating because... It popped up during the reign of Henry VIII in the late 1400s up to the early 1500s, and it had popped up a few times in the 15th and very early 16th century. To this day, scientists don't know what it was. Hmm. Um, people would break out into they would sweat, so presumably they must have had some type of fever. Uh, there was a very high mortality rate, but people mm-hmm. did survive. Some There are some analysts who are saying that the coronavirus, um, or rather the sweating sickness, may have been a form of the coronavirus. Um, we do know mm-hmm. that Anne Boleyn, one of uh, Henry VIII's uh, second wife, mm-hmm. uh, she contracted the sweating sickness, but she did recover from it. Um, lucky her, because eventually, um, you know, Henry had her beheaded. <laughs> but sorry, I don't mean to laugh. But mm-hmm. And then there was the pandemic of 1665, uh, the Great Plague there. And people were going into self-quarantine because this was the height of the age of the Enlightenment. And the superstar of the Enlightenment in Great Britain was Sir Isaac Newton. And mm-hmm. while he had was in self-isolation, he created the laws of gravity, or developed the laws of gravity, mm-hmm. he invented calculus, and he invented the laws of optics. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people can spend their time wisely, work on those projects you never seem to get along, uh, around to doing. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting show. I don't know if you listened to it, uh, a mark or listeners last night on sixty Minutes. Um, did you Did you hear that on the coronaviruses? They were talking about man made versus you know. Oh uh, yes, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. very well aware uh, aware of uh, the theory of whether or not it's man made. Right. Um, the the conventional wisdom. Well, first off. 
there's a lot of people who feel that 5G, which is the fifth generation mm -hmm. of wireless communications technology, which supports cell cellular phone networks, mm -hmm. is the culprit. And that the 5G radiation is giving people cancer, DNA uh, damage, oxidative damage, and their cells causing premature aging. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, that's ridiculous. But then again, um, everything is about energy and vibration of frequency. Even Albert Einstein, even mm -hmm. Albert Einstein pointed out a hundred years ago that there is no matter, there's only energy which vibrates at different frequencies so as to be perceptible to the senses. Mm -hmm. And so it is, it is also known that if you use radiation and other forms of negative energy or detrimental energy upon cell tissue, it will mutate and it will get sick and it will die. So there certainly is, is that theory out there. However, um, this so far does not seem to be, to be um, supported by any real evidence. So mm -hmm. we'll just keep the, the, the book open on that one. Now, according to other sources, that the coronavirus is a bioweapon, which is being developed in China. Now, this one is probably the most likely Mm -hmm. Because according to, to many sources, Wuhan province in China has no less than three bioweapons laboratories. But the thought is it wasn't so much that China unleashed it on their own people as it accidentally got out through carelessness, through mm -hmm. lack of protocol. And, of course, they want to blame the, um, the wet markets, which quite frankly, are, are arcane, disgusting, and vile and ought to be eliminated anyway. All that dead meat hanging around, flies mm -hmm. flying all over them, and, and uh, the butcher and, and selling of animals mm -hmm. in, in you know, public. It's, it's, you know, it's disgusting. I've, I've been in the third world. I've seen it. It's like, really? That needs to go you know, into the past. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> the thing is, it, if it did get out, then that would be the most likely scenario. The reasons that people feel or the conspiracy theorists feel that it's a engineered virus although many medical experts say there's no evidence to support it mm -hmm. it mutates really quickly uh, carol it mm -hmm. went from animal to animal transition and then it mutated to where it can be um transmitted from animal to human and then from human to human all within two weeks mm -hmm. now there are at least six different strains of it. Supposedly mm -hmm. in the United States, the strain on the East Coast is different than the strain on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. It keeps mutating quicker and quicker. Mm -hmm. Then there's the fact that you spread, you're the most contagious when you are asymptomatic. So when you're not showing any symptoms and you're not technically sick, that's when you spread it the most. Or that's usually not the case with most viruses and germs. And then... There is the fact that, and the jury's still out on this one, mm -hmm. whether or not the human body produces antibodies to it. Now, mm -hmm. we're seeing there's a lot of testing going on to locate the um, presence of antibodies. The question, this is the, the billion-dollar question, is even if you develop antibodies, will they prevent you from a reinfection? Now, when we look at HIV, which basically reared its ugly head in the late 1970s, um, 
it was six months before any, uh, if you contracted HIV, it was mm -hmm. roughly six months before people started showing symptoms of it. And then when tested, even though the HIV antibody showed up, it didn't prevent you from dying from the complications of HIV. So we've been confronted with, with viruses uh, that have been very unusual and uh, take a long time to, to incubate and manifest themselves before. But out of all the conspiracy theories, that seems to be the most plausible. Mm -hmm. um, I have to bring up this one just because I, I find it uh, fascinating. But um, there is the thought that both um, that Bill Gates mm -hmm. created it so that he could seize control of world um, health, healthcare, mm -hmm. and that that way he could corner the market on the vaccine, which will include a microchip, so that he can track everybody's whereabouts in the world. Right. Okay. Right. Now, where this comes from is back in 2015, Bill Gates gave a TED talk, mm -hmm. and he issued a stark warning. He said the world is not ready for a pandemic, and basically he laid out that if that if a pandemic happens, we're totally unprepared. Well, unfortunately, he's been right. And uh, while there are people thinking that he's some evil James Bond villain, mm -hmm. um, the truth of the matter is that the Bill and, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation spends $3 billion a year to boost health in underdeveloped countries. Mm -hmm. And he and Melinda Gates have donated $100 million of their personal funds to fight the Corona pandemic. Then... There's the uh, conspiracy theory that George Soros mm -hmm. actually owns the Chinese lab where the coronavirus originated mm -hmm. and that, um, that he has unleashed this on the United States so that uh, Donald Trump right. would lose the election. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, <laughs> I've heard a lot of conspiracy theories in my time. Um, and of course, I try to be open minded, but uh, this one really gets me. But the thing is, uh, Snopes.com, which is a fact checking um, organization, said there's no connection between Soros and the Wuzi App Tech Pharmaceutical Company in Wuhan province. Mm -hmm. So um, there goes that one. Then an interesting one is that the Russians did it. Okay, mm -hmm. so that the Russians unleashed it in Wuhan to, to frame China so that they could destroy the Chinese, American, and European economies. Of course, mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. it's, you know, spreading like wildfire through Russia. So that argument kind of gets shot in the foot too. A lot of interesting stories, Mark Anthony, a lot. Well, um, they, they are. <laughs> I wouldn't know where to begin. With your intuition, because I've heard there are so many strands. You mentioned six. I heard many more. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. With your, I heard 22. With your intuition, do you feel, I'm going to underline that word, uh, word feel, that a vaccine could actually, we're not going to hold you to this, we just want your opinion. Do you feel a vaccine could be actually beneficial? I absolutely do. And okay. I know that there's a lot of people that start foaming at the mouth when they hear about vaccines. Here's the thing. It's up to you whether or not you get a vaccine. Mm -hmm. And I have a strong feeling that by March of 2021, there's going to be a somewhat effective vaccine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and when I say somewhat effective, and and yes, uh, I wouldn't doubt there's 22 strains, and probably by the time we're done with this podcast, there'll be another four or five. Right. I mean, you know, right. like, um, because uh, when people get the flu shot, and and mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't ever get a flu shot. Well, when you get the flu, if you've had a flu shot, you don't get it as severely. Um, I, I get the flu. I get the flu shot every year. I travel because, you know, as a medium, I go and do mediumship demonstrations. I have a whole lecture series on on uh, the science of spirit communication, uh, the scientific basis for reincarnation. I have a whole ancient mystery series where I uncover and, and discuss, uh, you know, ancient mysteries and supernatural phenomenon. And so I'm on a plane 40 times a year, you know, so I'm doing 20 cities that's, you know, coming and going at least, uh, at least 40 times. And, uh, I mean, it's miserable when you get sick and you got to go out and, you know, in front of a thousand people that are paying, you know, mm-hmm. to, to come and see and, and do all that. Uh, to, and, and so I get a flu shot and I've noticed that when I do get the flu shot and if I get the flu, it's, it's like a third as bad as when I don't. Okay. And, and um, mm-hmm. so I think that something's going to be coming up uh, with the coronavirus. Plus, Carol, based on what I was feeling and, and, and what I was explaining, how the world's scientists are working together, this mm-hmm. is unlike anything we've seen before. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is actually very beautiful. It, it is. It's a shame right. it takes a catastrophe right. for that, but we grow in response to adversity. Right. Well, because it's affecting each country. I always say when people work together more, it's because it's affecting them. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, let's say it only affected um, um, China. Right. Okay. And then if we didn't help, they'd say, well, you're not helping us because you're racist. You know, even Mm -hmm. though America is, you know, a a multicultural country. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's say it only affected Muslims. Oh, well, then you hate the the Islamic religion. Mm -hmm. No, this is hitting everybody mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sure and uh, also psychologically a leader no leader we're all leaders you know there's a fear content you know the fear uh, gets into it and in a, that internal way uh, people are afraid that they're going to get it whatever position they're in and that that fear could actually be the psychological bond Certainly. Um, fear, you know, it, it's funny because in the metaphysical realm, realm, and you've probably seen this too, there's a lot of people, all fear is bad, all love is good. I mean, I've sat there and listened to people say that right. in these seminars. And I'm like, so what you're telling me is falling in love with a sociopath is a good thing. <laughs> and a fear of sticking your hand in a roaring fire is a bad thing. Right. You know, you can't, one thing I've learned, uh, being an attorney is you can't speak in absolutes mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we're all different. Mm-hmm. Falling in love with a, a horrific person is disastrous. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Having a healthy fear of jumping off a cliff mm-hmm. is, is actually a, a good thing. Right. So I don't, I don't throw this all fear, bad, all love, good. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now this fear is is making people realize mm-hmm. we are one human family. Yeah, beautiful, Mark. So if, uh, because the show is called The Spiritual Ramifications of the COVID-19, how would you, uh, what insight, what wisdom would you like to share with the listeners how to um, deal with it in a spiritual way? 
You know, I have thought long and hard how I was going to explain this to people. And you know how you we all meet people throughout our lives, mm-hmm. Carol? Yeah. And you may have Messengers. one conversation with them and not think about it again for years. And it hit me. When I was 16 years old, I, I remember I met this elderly woman, and her name was Anita, and she was from England. Mm-hmm. And I was, I've always been a history buff. I mean, I love history. And, you know, I was introduced, and she knew my parents, and we were talking. Mm-hmm. And I only, I only had this conversation with her once. I never saw her again after this. And she lived through the London Air Blitz. Well, all of a sudden, she had my undivided attention. All right, here I am, a 16-year-old history World War II buff. And I'm like, wow, you lived through the Battle of Britain? Mm-hmm. And she goes, it was simply dreadful. Mm-hmm. She said 1940 was horrible. She said France had just been crushed under the heel of Germany. And, mm-hmm. and we heard on the BBC a French general saying at the surrender ceremony, uh, when France surrendered to Germany, that Britain will have its neck wrung like a dead chicken in two weeks. Mm-hmm. She said, we were terrified. And I said, oh, I never thought of it like that. She said, and then, Mark, the bombings began. Mm-hmm. And she lived in London, and she said how every day for four months nonstop, the Luftwaffe came across the mm-hmm. English Channel, started bombing. And she said, I'll never get the sound of those mm-hmm. Stuka dive bombers out of my mind because she said the Germans put loudspeakers on the wings so when they dive, it'd make those wings. And I said, oh, well, I read about that. They were designed to scare people. I remember she looked up at me and she said, they did more than that, Mark. They Mm. killed people. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was like, uh, uh, uh. And and then she said, I lost so many friends. Mm, Very sad. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, she said, she said, lofty. I go, what's lofty? She goes, Mm -hmm. It was a young man I was rather fond of. She was like 17 or 18 when this was going on. She, they called him Lofty because he was so tall. You know, it was, it was English slang. And she said he was tall and thin and he lived in a flat near my home. And she said one night a bomb hit his flat, you know, the building he was right. in. They never found his body. Mm. I remember she goes, hell of a nice guy Lofty was. She said, and I'd go to work and mm-hmm. one day it wasn't there. And hmm. another day I came home and my home wasn't there. We took wow. a direct hit and I saw my mother <sighs> crying. It was smoldering into ashes. And, mm-hmm. and she goes, thank goodness mom had been delayed at work. Otherwise, she would have been there. And she said, mm-hmm. my father was in the Royal Navy. We didn't know if he was alive or dead from one day to the next. Mm-hmm. She said, we'd scurry for shelter in the tubes subways you americans call them and she said we'd pray that the ceilings wouldn't collapse on us during Mm -hmm. the bombings like oh my god she said and then when the power would go out we'd sit there in the dark and wait Mm -hmm. and wait sometimes for hours wondering Mm -hmm. when it was safe to go out again and i said how did you survive Mm -hmm. she said stiff up her lip so what? She got all very British. So she's uh-huh. like, you know, like very, you know, Maggie right. Smith. She's a stiff upper lip, Mark. She said, a crisis is no time to fall apart. And she said, there, it, we were saved by a miracle. I go, what do you mean? She said, I discovered within myself that there was an inner strength I didn't know that I had that made me resolute and defiant. 
and that I was going to live because I wanted to survive. And she mm -hmm. said, and we all started to feel that way. Mm -hmm. She said, huddling in the dark with perfect strangers, not very English, mind you, but we were in it together and we jolly well weren't going to give in to that disease known as Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and, and, and it was like, and I'm remembering all of this. And she said, and with Mr. Churchill on the wireless every day, mm -hmm. inspiring us that we would win. And she said, and we did. And I said, and you feel that was a miracle. She said, the miracle, Mark, is that we're, every day we're alive is a miracle mm -hmm. because every day that we're alive is an opportunity and finding within yourself that you have the strength. And she said, Mark, being heroic doesn't mean you're not mm -hmm. afraid. She mm -hmm. said, we were terrified. We mm -hmm. were absolutely terrified, but we made it and we won. She said, because sometimes you just have to put one foot in front of the other and trudge through no matter what. And, you know, uh, it's a great story. Mark. Well, great story. It, I, and I hadn't thought about that story right. for years. And, and think about it, Carol. Mm, great story. We're not being asked to, right. to survive the London Air Blitz, nor mm -hmm. are right. we being asked to storm the beaches of Normandy mm -hmm. or Okinawa. We're being asked to stay home mm -hmm. and watch Netflix. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and, and yes, people are buckling under mm -hmm. financial stress. I totally get that. I mean, God, I am too. But, but, but eventually the London Air Blitz was over. The plague of 1665 was over. And mm -hmm. this plague eventually will be over. Will mm -hmm. be over. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to keep our sights set on. And until then, be smart and be safe. And realize you're a lot stronger than you know. Beautiful, Mark Anthony. So beautiful. Thank you so very much. I, I could listen to you more and more. That's great. Great. You be in the moment and appreciate and look in the mirror, see who you are. And uh, I know that it's not permanent. Well, life is always changed, right, Mark? Constantly. I mean, what, what's you know? ever stayed the same? Nothing. 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 Thank you so much. Well, well you've been listening to Mark Anthony, psychic lawyer, and um, shared, he certainly shared with you much wisdom. Uh, a lot of wisdom and his beautiful stories. And um, I've been your host, Carol Olivia, and you've been listening to the Man of the Heart podcast. Thank you, everybody. Mm -hmm.